Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan. On this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we welcome the 2018 PBA Player of the Year, Andrew Anderson. On this show, we really just kind of hang out with Andrew and talk about stories from the road and discuss current bowling topics. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. We have licensing deals in place with some of the biggest brands in bowling and, of course, funny pop culture bowling apparel as well. Check it out and use code IVSHOW to save 15% off site-wide. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio, and we apologize if at some point in the show you can't quite follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here's episode number 38 with the 2018 PBA Player of the Year, Andrew Anderson. Inside Bowling Show. I'm Mike. Matt's with me. And you think on episode 38, I'd be able to figure out the soundboard by now. Uh, I think the music was messed up on the way in. I don't know what I did wrong there, but uh, getting down the stretch here, Matt. Got a couple shows left after today. Yeah, just a couple more, man. A couple more. It's going to be an emotional finish to the show here. Uh, it's been a blast over the past 37 episodes, and we're going to have another great episode today. I think the hardest thing for me is uh, we're really starting to get in our groove now, and I'm getting more more emails to media at insidebowling.com and i'm getting more people in the industry reaching out to me saying that 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 we are we we are one of the best shows in bowling so uh that's pretty cool i mean i gotta say dude that's really cool to be hearing that and our final episode is friday um and we don't know what we're going to do in the future but we know it's probably not going to be daily um but we'll see we'll see what the people want I just find it's funny. We've been saying, yeah, we got to figure out what we're going to do with the show. We're not really sure. We've been saying that since like episode 24. And uh, here we are, episode 38. And I think we're kind of torn. We want to do it deep down inside. We kind of want to do it because it's good content and it's good to talk. And it brings good stuff out of the industry and out of the sport. I mean, it's a lot of work. You know, even for a simple show like we do, I mean, it's three to four hours a day of work that we put in every single day that we could be doing towards something else that would, you know, uh, help, help our pockets a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's hard to find that line and to, to find that balance between doing passion projects and doing things that we got to do. It is. If I were to drive Uber, 
um, for the amount of time we put into this show, which would be 40 shows, that'd be 120 hours ish plus testing. Let's put it at 160 soft, right? Yeah. What's an Uber driver make? I think it's, I think uh, on average, it's like $20 an hour is not a bad bucks. note. Yeah. yeah about yeah. 20 bucks. So, so you put, you, you're, you're going to, it's a little less than a thousand dollars that you'd be making. Yeah. So, I, well, yeah, 20 bucks an hour times uh, 160 hours. I mean, that's, what is that? That's, um, that's oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Just $3, totally $3, yeah, no, it's and then if I would have invested yeah, yeah. it during this downturn in the market, it'd probably be at five grand. So there you go. There's, <laughs> There's some Mike Flanaganism for you. There's so invested to get to, to a given five times value if I just invest it. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> we want to welcome everybody into today's program. We're going to talk to Andrew Anderson at some point on today's show. Andrew is a friend of ours, um, and somebody we wanted to have on here before we wrapped up these 40 episodes for sure. Um, we're having him on solo today. We're going to talk about several different uh, topics, but he's this. We kind of needed a show where we get to have some fun and we get to just kind of relax because uh, the last couple of days with what's going on in the world, uh, I noticed it was starting to calm down a little bit last night. Not 100 percent, but it's getting better. Uh, we, we needed this here today, Matt. We definitely needed a, a nice, fun show and uh, some youthfulness. So you guys can run circles around me, because basically, if we did any sort of athletic competition, I would finish third to, to the two of you. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, whether Except it was bowling, one. what bowling, bowling, you would not. Well, well th the thing about Andrew and I is we tend to bowl scratch, not handicap. So okay. I, I don't know how the handicap would work out because we wouldn't give any sticks because we have we show no mercy. We are talking about doing special events here moving forward. So we just don't go away. Right. Like we got this bowling ball draft. I think we're going to do next week. Uh, yep. Fancy bowling ball draft greatest bowling balls of all time but uh but maybe maybe what we need to do one day is you go to your local bowling center when it's open and i'll go to mine and we'll fire up Streamyard, and we'll have a bowling competition against each other and we'll just see who is better there mr Buckner brown no i'm laughing because i'm getting roasted by beef and barnsey because i wasn't even thinking right i wasn't even doing my math right and i was legitimately couldn't have been farther off um with my math and uh i'm getting absolutely roasted and i deserve to get roasted for saying something like that in the air but now i know next time i'm doing any sort of math um, i'm gonna just make sure i use my calculator and i did not even not even think my brain scrambled today mike my brain scrambled so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna blame it on my scrambled brain but some would argue that my my brain scrambled all the time we also talked about the future of the show as well once bowling gets back and you know events are going on with maybe interviewing champions on the monday after or the sunday night of and and doing some things like that, but uh, but we'll we'll figure out we'll figure out. Hey, Mike Shady coaching video dropped today, and he looks like an Avenger or something or a DC comic yep. uh, on the thumbnail today. Um, and it's about hitting your target, being right eye dominant, left eye dominant, and uh, you don't always hit what you're looking at, and that's because what you're looking at, you're not going to hit. You got to figure out which way it is. Yeah, it's true, and at least at least I got Beef and Barnsey to sponsor Whoa. my action against you. Now Whoa. we're talking about doing these special edition shows, and one of these special edition shows, not necessarily a draft, Mike, but I really want to see you in the batter's box against Chad Murphy when it comes to this wiffle ball, because both of you guys seem passionate about this wiffle ball. Chad said he's down for whatever, um, and I know you're always down for whatever. And there's no reason why we couldn't just set up the streaming equipment one day in, in a park um, or behind the USBC headquarters. We couldn't get a little one v one wiffle ball action. Yeah, and I'd also like to, I'd also like to mend relationships, including some of mine. I, there's a couple of people in this industry I'd like to mend the relationship with, and maybe we could mend it out on the uh, on the diamond, you know, um, 
Yeah, it's a great. It's one of the one of the one of the great purposes of sports, or at least in my opinion, you know, it allows you to build relationships, fix relationships. Um, yeah, right there on the diamond, you know. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good idea. Yeah, hmm. I think it's great. Matt, let's get into our Bowler X poll question from yesterday. Let's take a look at the results. Show poll question from yesterday. We had Walter Ray on. What a great show it was. And he uh, he's done a few things in bowling, Matt. And we asked our listeners here, what is Walter Ray Williams Jr.'s best accomplishment? And the options were $4.9 million in earnings, which only received 6% of the vote. So we got to throw that one away. Uh, coming in second to last was Horseshoe and Bowling Hall of Fame. Shake that off. No big deal there. Uh, coming in second was won a title 17 years straight. And notice we had to put that straight in their slang, uh, term in their STR and then the letter eight, because that's all we could fit. It's not Matt being, uh, being millennial here, uh, and, and <laughs> leading, uh, and coming in as the big winner at 38.1%, narrowly over the 17 years in a row of winning a title, 115 professional titles, Walter Ray Williams Jr. Yesterday on the show. Today, we've got Andrew Anderson on the program, and uh, we've got a doozy of a poll question for everybody. Matt, what is it? We need, I just want to preface this by saying we need as much participation in this poll as we possibly can get, because uh, we need to have some reasoning and some encouragement um, to try to get Andrew to pursue what we're going to talk about in this poll question. And today's poll question brought to you by BowlerX.com is, which reality show would you like to see Andrew Anderson be on? First choice is The Bachelor. Second choice is Survivor. The third choice, Big Brother. And the fourth choice, The Voice. Okay, so I want to give my synopsis of these four options. All right. So the first one was The Bachelor, right? Yep. So it had to be a young Bachelor because he looks so young. So, you know, the yeah, ba- like ba- baby face Bachelor edition. Yeah, and I'd want to see him as a contestant, not as the actual Bachelor. So are we uh, changing it to the Bachelorette? No, 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 because then people would be like, Andrew's a dude. So gotcha. I think people, okay. would, people okay. would, would get all over us on that one. Um, but I'd like to see him be a contestant because I'd like to see him uh, match his wits against some of the other gentlemen. And and I'm not going to lie, there's probably going to be a few people that come on there uh, that, that are a little more muscular build than Andrew. And I'd like to see how he tries to... Uh, lure the young lass um, away from the beefcakes that would be there, so to speak. So uh, that would be very, very interesting. Uh, the second one you said was Survivor. Survivor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Survivor. So I don't think Andrew would last more than about three days on there because he wouldn't have his Chick fil A sauce. He wouldn't have all his favorite meals made for him. And uh, I just don't see him lasting very long there. He'd probably get sunburned on day one and they'd probably have to take him to the medic. Okay. Uh, third one was Big Brother. Is that right? Yep, Big Brother. Big Brother's the one that that I definitely would think he could do well on because he he would manipulate and and make up all these things. But his downfall would be would he be able to remember all the lies that he would would tell about what he what he does? Um, but I have faith. I think he could win Big Brother. And uh, you know there, there could be a romance. He could be part of one of the one of the what do they call that on Show, there? Showmance. Romance. Yeah, I could see Andrew being in a showmance on that bad boy right there for sure. Um, I can see Andrew being in a showman's and getting to the end and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the money. I'm trying to win this game. Deuces. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if he could eat slop. I don't know. Yeah. And, and you know, the voice I've heard Andrew sing a couple times. Yeah. And, um, 
You know, I got to say, I disagree with you probably on the first three. I think that he would, I think he could do great on The Bachelor. I think that he would be great on Survivor. I think he's got some grit to him. You know, he's a champion. He's got grit. You know, he's going to make it through the sunburn and the, and the rainstorms and all the bugs and whatnot. Um, and I think, I think, uh, on big brother, he'd be do great. He's a big, big brother fan. He's watched it. He knows the strategies. Um, I'd like, I I, want to be on big brother at the same time he's on. And not, would you guys not act like you know each other or would you, we wouldn't act like we knew each other. I'm sure. But behind, you know, whenever we'd get in like the laundry room, you know, we, we'd have those, Hey man, we're going to go do this now. I think we're going to go do this. And Andrew would be like, Oh my God, I love you. (laughs) That's what, that's what. Yeah. But the, the voice, I'm not so sure. The voice, I'm not so sure. I don't, I don't know. But I would love to see him dressed up in one of those costumes um, and have to like wear that around and give some clues as to how you can figure out to who he is. Well, his TikTok game is strong, so uh, let's bring him in here. Uh, we'll just ask him, uh, Andrew. What song would you sing if you were uh, going to be on The Voice? I'm be honest with you guys. I have so much to say. I don't know <laughs> if this is gonna last long enough uh, because I. Before we go on about the voice, because I think that's the least amount of chance I got. I mean, anybody that's heard me sing knows I have no talent. I mean, it is just missing. There's zero talent for it. Uh, I feel bad for anybody who has to hear it. But uh, I, I think that the survivor would be something I could I could manage. I would get sunburned. I, I get sunburned every time I walk outside. But I, I think I could hide under a tree for a little bit. You know, I, I could I could make a little fort. I think I could pull it off. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, but when it comes to the voice, if I had to pick one song, I'd probably, I mean, I've karaoke Sweet Caroline like 40 times in my life now. I feel like that's my best chance. Uh, I, I might even pull out like, uh, it would have to be a country song just because I feel like country is easiest to sing. Like you kind of just, you have a really good tune and then you say words, you got a chance. So that's That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think anything with strategy, I mean, for those people that don't know you, Andrew, you're a very smart dude and, and you can be very strategic. You know, the, it takes a lot of strategy to be good out on the lanes. Um, and I think games like Survivor and games like uh, like Big Brother are two places that you would excel. I, I think Big Brother, I could crush. I, I really do. I think that uh, my imagination runs wild and Big Brother would uh, uh, be a platform that I could just like wander on about my thoughts on and like just go in all these different directions. And if Mike was a part of the show, I mean, we we could we could win Big Brother. I think at least one of us. I would I would probably come towards the end outwit Mike as well. But no, I do th- no, I do think no, no. You would, you would not outwit me. You would do way better in the, in the physical challenges than, than me. I could I could just imagine, Mike, you know, sometimes you got to, like, hold on to those things for excessive amounts of time. I could picture, Mike, the whistle will blow. Be like, ready, set, go. Mike be like, all right, I'm out. I'll see you guys in the living room. Yeah, Andrew Andrew can handle those. And then when it's like you when you got to get in the little uh, phone booths and they ask you questions about what's happened on the show, I would get all those right. And I would be the uh, head of household those weeks. I feel like you would be great in the – like any show that has somebody like from the program actually working, you know, like you're like the secret spy to make sure everything's going correctly. Like mm-hmm. if you were in, I, I know before the show, we talked about Jersey Shore, right? Like you could be the guy that comes in and cleans the house mm. and you'd be, you'd be the guy that knows all the ins and outs of what's going on, but only because you mop everything up. Mm. So it depends how you look at it. 
Uh, that's great. Yeah, we got some votes coming in already. If you want to take part in the poll, head on over and find us uh, at Inside Bowling on Twitter. Early votes coming in. Uh, Big Brothers is is the winner right now. Big so Brothers far. the winner. Yeah, so far. I mean, I'm gonna have to again. get some notes from Angela Rummins and her boyfriend on uh, to how to be successful. Andrew, yeah. you, like. you did. You did get to bowl with Angela. I did. I did. That was really cool to get to meet them. And uh, like, I never watched the show to be honest with you ever in my life before meeting her. And I thought they were, I thought they were so cool and genuine that uh, I did go back and watch their season or some of it. And I thought it was pretty interesting how the show works. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a reality show. I mean, like, I think we should have a big brother for bowlers because I know there are a lot of bowlers. Like the O'Keefe's are very big onto the big brother. They watch every episode of it. They watch, well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we should, we should rent an Airbnb and form a new edition of the house. Brad and Kyle's house would be, you know, just pale in comparison to this show that we could get going here on big brother. Right. I mean, GH Jolly with the statement and the, the true statement that we've ever seen in the show history so far. Flanagan would be the backdoor scammer. Oh, yeah. Mike would be in cahoots with everyone. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Have, a, I'd have a final two with everybody. I mean, you know, I I could only see when Michael said in the things, I, I can't see the bottom of the screen. I only saw, I don't know about the survivor. I thought Michael was going to say something about my ability to cook food because it's really bad. Like if I was stuck in the wild, I would be less concerned about the physical activities and I'd be more concerned on how I'm supposed to catch a fish with my hands or something. Like, <laughs> I can just see myself like 10 hours while everybody else is already cooking their food and meat and stuff. Like me chasing a pig around or so, something like that. So, so you kind of threw yourself under the bus here because uh, Michael, it wasn't, it wasn't even dissing your cooking skills. He was dissing your or your ability to be in the gym. I went to the gym with them. I I, I can't keep up with Nick Crummel and Davidson. Like Nick Crummel. Nick Crummel is built like the Hulk. If if I if every single day I do Nick Crummel's workout throughout, I wake up the next day and I question my existence. I'm like, oh my god, like how do you move today? Yeah, like, it, it takes a while. It's gonna take a while, but I, it's gonna it's gonna be a minute before I get to Nick's size. I think. Hey Andrew, this has been fun talking about reality shows. Uh, but but just how how are you doing with uh with with no PBA tour? We got the strike derby coming up this weekend. You're not part of that, although you were part of the original strike derby, I guess, going against Rash to bowl with Angela Rummins back to the reality show talk. But uh, how you doing, man? You doing okay? Yeah, I mean, uh, I did go bowl down in St. Louis uh, over the weekend. I've been practicing for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I'm I'm very excited that the PBA is back. Am I am I bowling this week? No, but I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be supporting it very excited that bowling is just happening. I mean, especially so soon. Like if you asked me a month and a half ago when I thought we might see bowling uh, live again, I mean, we're talking, I would have said like October, November, uh, you know, with all the crazy things going on in the world at the moment. So just happy the bowling's back. Uh, I would love to be bowling and competing as well. Like I, I can't wait to get some competition going, but uh, I'm just happy that we get to watch it. Who do you like this weekend in the strike derby? Yeah, I I think Kyle, like what I found in that strike there, like I've done this as a kid, like playing around, like how many strikes can I throw with my buddies? Like I did that a long time ago. And then what I did against Rash, what I found is um, putting your hand in the ball is actually like the hardest part about it. Like you, I could throw as many shots as possible, but uh, to throw a good shot and hopefully it strikes, you have to have a semi good feel, right? And like I had put three different thumbs and three different balls 
And as I was grabbing each ball and I was running, like I was physically like, all right, grab my ball, set up, go. I mean, every other shot felt so terrible on my hand. Like I did not think they were going to strike. I didn't think they had any chance of striking. Thankfully, they were easy enough that they fell over. But I think Kyle has a huge advantage because Kyle literally just puts his fingers in the ball and goes like anyways. Like I never really see him fiddling with it much. I don't see any of that. Uh, I am excited to see how Rash attacks him this time. Uh, if it's going to be different than last time, I think it's much easier to, I think it's much easier to actually curve the ball when it comes to that stuff, because you kind of just like walk up there and you hit it as hard as you can, where going hard and straight, it's a little bit more of a feel thing. And you don't have much feel when you're just shoving your hand into a bowling ball and running. So you got three, two handers, man. You got, um, you got not only, uh, Kyle, like you mentioned, but you also got Simo and Maldo as well. Well, yeah, I like well, Simo. I like Maldo. Simo also is a field bowler. Simo's huge on like how it feels on his hand. He changes his, you know, fit quite a bit. Not quite a bit, but he changes like pitches and stuff. Maldo has a good chance, but he also puts his thumb in the ball. Yeah, so. I was gonna say, I was gonna say he puts his thumb in the ball. It'd be interesting to see if that like takes away from his speed at all, or if the fact that he just uses two hands, he can just kind of put it in a little, a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Maldo started just not putting his thumb in for this event, because I've seen him throw it without his thumb a couple times and it's pretty good. So you have experience against Tommy Jones on some ball shoots. I Tommy, uh, Tommy's always in the hunt in this stuff for sure. Uh, however, I have beat Tommy in those races, the strikes and challenges a couple times. Um, Simon, get out of here. You talked to me about it. You talked to me about it. <laughs> you talked to me about it many times. Um, Sorry, I saw Barnes' comment and I started laughing. It's it's the truth. It's the truth. Oh I would I, I would I would I would probably knock down ten like ten pins, and it's because I'd strike one shot and then I'd come back and I'd do my. I, I would I would be terrible at this event. <laughs> it would be fun to watch though. I would like to see you and Kyle Sherman compete in this challenge. Is Kyle Alyssa, Alyssa is a uh, girl I coach, and she has more thumb issues than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> when I drill her a thumb, it's like eight thumbs at a time, and she's still picky about it. And then she'll throw it one shot, and she'll come back and say, it's not the one. Okay. And, yeah. She's picky. She's had me – I've drilled more thumbs for her in the last couple of years than I have myself, and that's I feel like that's saying a lot, but – uh, back to the Tommy thing. I think Tommy has a good chance, but Tommy puts his thumb in sideways and yeah. then twists his hand around. And I think like if you add the second stuff that it might take him to do that over and over, I think it adds up. I really think all that stuff adds up if we're really getting in depth in this competition. So so which one hander would you give the bet the, the best chance at winning this event? Prather, because I just saw him bowl over the weekend. I think he's throwing it sweet. Um I think it looks like he never stopped bowling, where to me, after two month break, two month breaks, even after bowling for a week and a half, going to the event, uh, I was not sharp at all. And Prather came out swinging. So I think Prather's just sharp. Uh, I don't think he lost any feel. Um, but I mean, you have eight of the top, you know, guys in the PBA, like everybody's going to have a chance. You never know what's going to happen. I would not be surprised if anybody wins. I just would give my edge to troop because he doesn't have grips. He just puts his fingers in and he's going to hammer on it. Yeah, no, I think, I think two handers have a tremendous advantage for something like that. Just rapid fire throwing shots. We got Barney. Barney's coming. He's active today. He's coming in off the top ropes quite a bit here. Um, talking about slow bowlers. First one to three wins, you know, Barney's a, Barney's a pretty finicky guy too. And, uh, you know, Barney tends to balk quite a bit. Uh, maybe not as much as he used to, but, uh, I'd be interested to see how many shots Barney could get off, digging those fingers on in, making sure his thumb feels good, 
getting into a star position and then going up there and throwing the shot. Um, but he would have one advantage because Barney doesn't like to post it, so he would he would you know fall off real quick and then go on and get his next ball. So I would be I would like to see Barnes do this challenge. I would like to see uh, Walter do this challenge. I would like to see how they attack it. Like I think I think Barnes would probably. I mean, Simo bringing out the back of ball would be awesome. Like, back a ball in one lane and curve it right-handed on the other. Like, it's something that I would not be surprised if Simo did. I would love to see Barnes do this. I think Barnes would just go, like, hard and straight, and he'd be the best at doing it. So I think he'd have a chance doing it. But does he do it fast enough? Who knows? I'm not sure. I'd like to challenge Barnes right here on the air. I, I would be willing to uh, do a strike challenge against Barnes using this platform here. We go to our local bowling centers and uh, take about Ethan Barnesy. I think it should be. I think it should be both of them versus both of you. Ooh, uh, yeah, I got no chance with Matt. Yeah, uh, uh, well, I was gonna say I'm set up for failure here with a big old disadvantage. You got two of the best bowlers in the world, and 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 me and Mike. how many how many practice swings would you take, Matt? None. Yeah, I've got, I got, that's that's long gone. Bakes Bakes saw me. Rod saw me. And they're like, yeah, none of that. Sorry, deep, but you're done. With, we're done with this practice swing bull crap. But I think uh, I don't know, Mike. Also, I'm kind of worried, Mike, because you're a slow wheel kind of guy. Oh no, and we I, need to I, rapid fire dude, those things away here. I've never can't. seen Mike throw it over 13 miles an hour. <laughs> I hey, uh, I, hey, I, I, there's, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give some tips to the people right now. I would I would bring the uh, I would bring the ball up to generate more speed. I would move back on the approach. Um, in addition to that, I would untuck my pinky. That's where all my revs come from. <laughs> I, I would untuck the pinky, and uh, I would just let that bad boy just flow off the hand at about a cruise down the lane, somewhere around fifteen point two miles per hour. The old PA. And I'm I'm quite certain that I could I could borrow the second arrow better than anybody, and I would totally wall them up and create Bristol International Raceway for myself with the banking, uh, with, the, with the pattern, and be yeah. like, out, Barnes, like yeah. out, buddy. I, and then I, we could follow it up with some uh, with some with some uh, miniature golf afterwards. I don't uh, know if you want to challenge Barnes in that. Oh yeah, I don't I, think you do. I managed a miniature golf store, bro, for a while. I, <laughs> I am ready. I don't know, man. I love Simo coming out here and ragging on you for the old school tips. Throw holding the ball higher and backing up on the approach. Pinky. I still tuck my pinky, dude. I can't hook the ball without doing it. I swear. When saying. I when I don't tuck my pinky, it feels like I spin it every time. It's really weird. And we've got a question coming on. You recently participated uh, in a bowling tournament. We're kind of changing yep. the subject here. It was that it's the the Midnight Bowling Club, I think, is what it's called. Midnight Bowler Society. Midnight yep. Bowler Society in the St. Louis area, and they had this humongous tournament with a thousand dollar entry fee and fifty dollar brackets. We've got a question coming in here. We talked a little bit about before the show. What are your thoughts on the pattern of the of the tournament that you just bowled in, and what was that experience like? I I really enjoyed the tournament for one. Like I'm going to go every year. I'm able to go. Uh, one of the juiciest tournaments when it comes to putting money in. Uh, a lot more pressure on the line. You could tell. I mean, every every game, the way it works is the payout isn't a totals. Like you pay a thousand dollar entry and you pay out for each game. So it's literally like you're bowling eight pot games against some of the best bowlers in the world. Um, and every game came down to the tenth frame, whether you finished first or sixth, and you only paid four four spots. So like, um, for example, the first game going into the 10th frame, I, I could have shot 257 and I opened. I shot 219 and uh, Brad Miller ended up sparing in the 10th to shoot 230.
but my 219 was still second and third was 218 fourth was 216 fifth was 214 like it was crazy how close scores were and it was happening every game so just a really cool event i thought the pattern was really fair um i was really surprised to not see butterf uh bowl better uh russo i believe won one game um so I, i thought it was fair on both sides more so the building just is tricky, man. Uh, Kyle Sherman, Brad Miller, you could tell they practiced there. Um, kudos to them for how well they bowled throughout the night. And uh, they they had the pairs. I mean, it, they just had the pairs mapped out way better than I did. And well, it was just a cool let's, event. Let's talk about that for a second because your statement was, you know, they bowl there and they both made a lot of money that night. But you and I talked before the show. I bowled to St. Charles Lanes as well, and I was I was watching you bowl. And 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 it's not it's not that they had an, an advantage because the only reason why they did well was because of of, of they oh, bowl no. there a lot. But but they they did have the right game plan. It, yes, you, you almost have to try to leave a four pin in that building. Uh, otherwise yeah. you can leave light sevens, light tens. It's just weird pin carry in that building. And they, they've, they've bowled there a lot. I mean, they've done yeah. half their instructional videos there. Yeah. Nine was, nine was good. Uh, playing the pattern as safe as possible. Another cool thing about the tournament is you only got two bowling balls. So you got 30 minutes of practice before on this 39 foot pattern. That's not enough, I guess. <laughs> 30 minutes wasn't enough. I mean, it was plenty. I don't, I, I don't understand these long practice. I, I just, I don't get it. And, yeah, and, I mean, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just, I'm just there to bowl the event. I would practice if they only told me I got two minutes of practice. I'm still going to bowl the event. So never looked at anything like that to be honest. But uh, even after 30 minutes uh, practice, I had 12 balls I'm choosing from, and to pick just two, not knowing what games five, six, seven, eight are really going to look like was difficult. So. Uh, my game plan was like, let's get him early. I thought my I thought my ball reaction on the fresh was really good, uh, and you know I did pretty good those first few games. Uh, not as good as Brad, but um, I, I stayed up there. And I wish I would have went and looked at what balls Brad checked in before I checked in mine. Uh, not because I, I mean nobody knew he was going to bowl that well, but I should have just known that they bowled there so much they have a much better idea of what it's going to look like than I do. Yeah, I think that tournaments like that are super cool. And man, I wonder how many you could run of that every single year and still get people to show up. I think that's a great bowlers, question. I think the best bowlers would consistently show up for events like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but how soon does it turn into a PBA tour event? You know, right. That's the difference because it was still really cool because you did have some PBA tour players there, but you had some of St. Louis best. I mean, Shay Shay Benbender there. Ben Bender was there. I. I I've messed up last name, so I hope they I hope they don't get mad at me. But uh, Tim Bernhardt, is that how you say it? Tim Barrett. Barrett. He went Barrett. to University of Nebraska, also won the Peterson a couple years ago. Yeah, so um, notable names from that area. Steve Smith from California flew in for it. It was just really cool, you know, especially being the first event I bowled back after the two-month break, getting to see some people that I don't get to see very often. Uh, I would love to see more events like that each year. I just don't know if you could sustain them. I don't know if you could consistently get those bowlers without it turning into a PBA tour event. Yeah, that's and that's a good point. It's interesting. I mean, this this event has been planned for a while now, and uh, to see 
everybody show up regardless of the fact that they're sharp or not sharp and just want to bowl in and get after the action no matter the you know despite the fact it's a thousand dollar entry fee and fifty dollar brackets and a two hundred dollar eliminator i mean these are things that people are like whoa could you imagine if a tournament did this that would be really cool and, and this yeah, actually happened right and this has happened a couple times though like i'm surprised this hasn't been talked about more um i i should have bowled it last year i i uh, i forgot what i couldn't there was something popped up last minute, couldn't go last year, and I, I'm sad I didn't because that was a lot of fun. Um, it's you know, not that close I, either, really. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not yeah it was, it was definitely a road trip for me. It was a nine-hour drive there and back. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about it was there's also an event Saturday and Sunday. Not nearly as big from a money side like side of things, but it was, it was just as fun and just as competitive. The World Series of St. Louis Bowling Weekend. It was. It was. Hey, guys, I want to switch gears. And, Andrew, we wanted to have you on today because we're just buds, right? Not really. A, this isn't a serious sit-down. Andrew, what was it like winning Player of the Year? What was it like winning I, Masters? Yeah. What was it like not getting picked in the PBA League? And then now you're in the PBA League. What do you think of your team this year? We might get to some of those topics, but this is just more of a, just more of a hey, let's shoot the shit type of show here today, which uh, I, I needed personally. So thank you for that. But, guys, I got breaking news here coming in. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet this morning or not. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm not no. sure. Uh, this is right on the PWBA website, and I want to read it, if that's okay, and uh, I'll get your guys' reaction. 2020 PWBA frequently asked questions here in Arlington, Texas. It says, the Professional uh, Women's Bowling Association has canceled its 2020 PWBA tour season, including its two major events, the USBC Queens and US Women's Open. Uh, talks about the PWBA is the, uh, joint operation of the Bowling Proprietor Association of America, BPAA and the United States Bowling Congress. Um, and it says, uh, leadership of both organizations determine workability concerns related to the COVID-19 pandemic and varying nationwide restrictions, uh, would not allow the PWBA to conduct a full field tour events. Several operational factors were considered. Most importantly, the feasibility of providing standardized health and safety protocols, for the PWBA tour athletes and staff while traveling throughout the country during a time with constantly changing conditions. The PWBA made the decision now, so athletes, host centers, and ball manufacturers no longer would be in a holding pattern and can plan accordingly. And there's a quote here from uh, Mr. Chad Murphy, who we had on the show this week. When we looked at the way other professional sports leagues are resuming play, the consistent approach is regular testing while isolating athletes and staff from outside contact. Sadly, we do not see a workable way to operate a national tour in 2020 across varying venues and states in a matter that meets standards for a professional sports league. So um, Frank DeSocio later says, we'll continue to explore the possibility of conducting PWBA events in 2020 for the players, the fans, and the industry. Uh, if conditions improve to allow special events to be an option for the PWBA, we want to find a way to make that happen. Guys, your thoughts on this press release today? Um, I don't know if I sh I want to go first. You know, this it really sucks because I have some very close friends on the PWA tour. Uh, I know how much Jordan Richard is. Uh, I don't even. I should probably text her and ask her how she feels about it. But this sucks. I mean, I want to see everybody be able to compete and bowl, but we do have restrictions. I think that. I mean, every day is a new challenge for the world. It seems like at the moment, like you just said, like. I mean, I'm really hoping brighter days are ahead, but there's just some restrictions that you can't get past. I mean, like we are having special events for the PBA tour, but we're having them under certain guidelines as well. 
we only have eight players there. You think that they will only want the eight players there? I think they'd much rather run a, a major. Like we have our masters that is still technically postponed. I mean, that's something that we'd much rather do probably than have an eight person strike derby. In my opinion, I, I, I don't know how they looked at it, but that's how I'm looking at it. And uh, the PWBA tour canceling isn't because they don't want to do it. It's because they're looking out for the players and the people watching. Uh, and, you know, there's, I was so excited to see the PWBA tour come back and it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, still going to work towards it. Um, I just think that the brighter days are ahead and we just have to get through some of these dark days. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's sad. And I also think that it was a crushing decision for the USBC, PW, and PWA to make. I think that they, the reason why, you know, it's now what the beginning of June, and this has been going on for a couple of months now. The reason why it takes this long is not because they were just waiting is because they were fighting to probably try to find some ways to make it happen and doing all that they can. And unfortunately, with the given circumstances, they weren't able to find a way to ensure that everybody would be safe and to make sure that all the, everybody's uh, health that was there and involved with the events was, was taken care of and put first. And um, unfortunately, you know, it's from a bowling perspective, it's better to be safe than sorry. And it's better to be safe to wait to make sure that they can put on the events the right way and make sure that everybody's safe, make sure everybody's healthy. Um, then to put everybody at risk just so there can be events out there in the world. And my heart, my thoughts go out to all the PWBA athletes that work hard, wait for the summer, wait for their tour, and wait for their time to shine on lanes. And there are countless of people that put in hundreds and thousands of hours every year to get out there and to try to win a professional title. Um, but I have no doubt, in my, there's no doubt in my mind that the PWBA will be back. Um, this isn't going to be the end of the PWBA tour. And I think that um, we just have to be patient and uh, be grateful for them looking out for our health and safety. Yeah. And I, and I wonder what are the rules of life anymore? What are, what are the rules? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when is it going to be okay to go to Texas roadhouse and have people in the booth behind you? Uh, you know, this, this thing last weekend, you bold Andrew, there was, there was no social distancing with the event that you bold. I, yeah, I, I would tend to disagree in some aspects. There okay. was a limited number of spectators. There was plenty of room in the bowling alley if you did want to social distance yourself. They had multiple lanes uh, not in play to do your own thing type of idea. Um, I It didn't feel like a normal event is what I'm trying to get at. Like okay. There was no, to me, there was no normalcy to it. Uh, you were questioning if you wanted to put your hand out to high five somebody. You were questioning if you were giving them a fist bump. You kind of just waited to see if they did it first, but everybody did that, right? So like, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, me and Sherman gave some fist bumps. Me and Steve Smith, you know, gave some high fives. Like there was some normalcy there, but as a whole, it definitely felt like something bigger was going on still. And uh, I don't think we're going to lose sight of that for a while. When, when I tuned in, when I was watching, um, there was no bowling on this pair skip a pair bowling on the next pair it was pair 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 yeah i don't remember from what i watched seeing any bowler participating in a mask no there was no bowler in a mask if i go to home depot if i go to smith's the grocery store here if i go to get my haircut you, you got to have a mask on in most places um so that's what I mean. Like I, I thought what I saw last weekend in the event that you bowled, uh, 
looked n somewhat normal. Like I understand there were probably, standpoint. Yeah. I mean, there were some social distancing things probably put in place inside, but not to the degree that we've seen major companies as opposed to the midnight bowlers society. Right. Right. Now we're talking about the PWBA, right? Uh, yeah. A big organization, right? That, you know, is backed by the BPAA and the United States Bowling Congress. To, for them to do what they did is the right move at this point. But what I wonder, and, and the bigger life, larger elephant in the room for me is it's not like coronavirus is going to disappear. It's out there. I mean, is it ever going to just be gone? No, it, it won't ever be gone. It's still always going to be in the back of our minds. When is it okay for things to resume? You know, I think the NBA is getting ready to announce that, that they're, that they're they, did, they did announce today. I believe uh, 22 teams in Orlando, uh, July 22nd, 13, 13 from the West nine from the East, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. No Pistons, right? Andrew, no Pistons. No, and right, we needed that because we need Blake Griffin to get another few months off for his knees yeah, and his uh, elbows and his, his whole body. Well, no Pistons, no Knicks, buddy. Well, we'll have to root for Mike's Jazz then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see how Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert play together. Oh, yeah. We're a man down, too, with uh, Bogey. He's, he's, he's already out for the season with a wrist injury of some sort. But, you know, this PWBA thing really sucks, guys. It does suck, but it's the right call. It's the right call, and I feel for all those ladies that, that go out there, and this is part of their livelihoods. And we've all felt some sort of uh, economical impact, whether if it's you, Andrew, not being able to go out and compete on tour, whether if it's us uh, losing contracts within the bowling industry, that they social media is just not as important at this point in time, whatever it may be. And these young ladies are, are taking a hit as well, um, especially the ones that are at the top of their games. Uh, how will they train? Uh, how will they deal with this news? Will they continue to work out? Will they continue – Will they take a break? Uh, some some positive news I would look at. Not to interrupt you, Mike. I just, I 100% I believe the PWA athletes are going to be practicing because the Lucy event is still going to go on. And there's there's a lot of, there's always a lot of hype going into Lucy. I mean, I feel like every year, a lot of teams, although built like the same few teams seem to have the most success there. So always a lot of hype going into it on what teams have a chance to win and stuff. So I think that, I mean, this sucks. Like I'm never going to say this doesn't suck. PWA tour being canceled COVID. I mean, just, it seems like bad thing after another is happening. Uh, I just try to find the, I want to believe my, my glass is half full. There's going to be some bright side to this. We're going to come out of this better. Uh, and Lucy is probably the next thing now that we get to look forward to. Yeah, and the PBA season, you know, the PBA season kind of runs year year round, really. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of it's yeah. in the front half of the year, first quarter of the year, so to speak, but it runs year round. So the PBA can adjust, right? Right. PWBA is is what April, yeah, April through August, right? So totally different situation from PBA. Like this is the time that PWBA should be getting in about mid season. So yeah, I agree with you, Matt, that they waited as long as they possibly could to make this call. Will we see PWBA bowlers when the PBA resumes? Give that a try for a while. I hope so. Sharpen the saw a little bit. I think there's so many women bowlers that should be competing on the men's tour. I think I think there are multiple. That, and that could compete at a high level week in and week out. And I truly believe that. 
Well, big news here today, boys. Uh, interesting to discuss this, but I'm not shocked. I mean, I kind of assumed this was going to happen. So breaking news, but it was pretty much assumed that that was, that was going to happen as well. Um, where you guys want to go next? What do you want to talk about next? I've heard about some endeavors, Mike, into a comedy tour. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Coming off the top ropes here. Why is Matt red? I, uh, I, I, why do I look so red? But I'm freaking laughing. That was you look like when Kimberly Brutler said that she thought tattoos were delicious. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. But I, I feel like – I don't know why I just got so red, but that makes me laugh. That makes me laugh a lot. And for anybody, um, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, Mike does have aspirations to be a comedian, to do stand up. And for those of you that do know, do you have him, any skits you could tell us? Not really. Not really. <laughs> no, that uh, one. This is like, uh, as far as um, ratings, uh, it's like Howie Mandel when he used to do stand up, uh, Eddie Murphy, um, not Bill Cosby, more. Uh, more Andrew Dice Clay, George Carlin type stuff. Yeah, yeah, but but Mike, the, the thing here is is that we've given I've given you as a friend, we developed this this template, you know, as the business guys that we are or try to be, we developed this template and this plan for you to go out and execute this comedy tour and to get your experience on stage telling jokes, good or bad. I got this vacuum going on behind me now. Today's just a disaster. Anyways, uh, you got to go out there and you got to give this a shot. You got to get on stage. And we're giving you there's a there's a platform right here for you. I don't know how many viewers you have, but this would be a good tune-up for you, Mike. I mean, I think if this there's ever a time to give it a whirl, this would be it. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Kurt is asking. Matt's asking. We're here. We're here, ready to hear some of your content. All right, all right, all right. This could be the this could be the best, Mike. I, I'm praying that you're smart about this here, but this could be this could be the funniest moment on the show. So, all right, far. guys, all right, guys, here we go. What do you call a dinosaur that is sleeping? I don't know, Mike. No idea, Mike. A dino snore. <laughs> Are you Mike. kidding me? <laughs> all right, hey, what's fast, loud, and crunchy? I can see that you Google questions, Mike. This is an authentic <laughs> content. I see you're looking at the computer screen, you cheater. A rocket chip. <laughs> I don't even, I didn't even hear what the joke was because I'm so over you right now. <laughs> right. Uh, no, hey, uh, when when we're when you see me at an event and and we're at a an establishment, uh, come up and hang out around me, and you'll hear some of my some of my comedy. I think there's a good portion of bowlers that know your your tagline here, your main joke, because when when I got into the car, Mike, and we worked together at Junior Gold, and we had a, b a bunch of us, it was me, you, Kyle, Wesley, we're in the car. Yeah, you, like, youth. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, and uh, and uh, you know we. Uh, <laughs> you you just you just you, you opened up, and you're like, hey man, if you're gonna be friends with me, you got to know my favorite joke. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. And and look how. Okay, audience at home, if you're watching on, if you're watching, sorry if you're listening audio wise. The 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 reaction that you're seeing from these gentlemen on the screen just shows how funny I am. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, there's a difference though. There's you are a very you are a very funny person. Your jokes are not that great. Okay. But it's the way that you tell them that is so great. 
because you get enthusiastic. I mean, you're, we're talking Kevin Hart enthusiastic. Yeah. You could talk about a stool for 20 minutes and make it into this crazy whatever. I mean, your imagination runs, and that's what we want to hear. We want to hear one of these little rants that you take on for about 20 minutes that we have no clue where it goes, and it ends up, it ends up in Africa. You know, like yeah. we start here in the United States and then the conversation ends over there. Yeah. And then we, uh, you know, and then I, and then I find interesting places to visit as well with people and then just observe and see where that takes us. And some nights those end quite crazy as well, especially on the road. I uh, can honestly, I can honestly say that I've been a part of one of them and we went exploring and on an adventure and <laughs> I wasn't disappointed <laughs> that, that night of our adventure, I I was questioning my own life and my decisions because of your decisions. Look at Matt with his vacuum in the background. I love it. Um, but <laughs> we do have a good time. Uh, bowling doesn't pay that much, but we do have a good time. And, and that is. Mike, uh, we've got this. we got this Mitch Beasley impersonator thing. You here. can, you you can get, definitely. Get the people a Mitch Beasley impersonation here. I'm well, gonna full screen. Hold on, I'm gonna I mean, you here. Let me get the base way down here. Let me get the the base. Can you can you hear me? Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. It might be a little too much base here. Uh, well, uh, I was using my cyborg pearl. Got my first win on the PBA tour. Um, in qualifying, I went 221, 180. Then I moved left a little bit, and Jellamar told me to move left, and then I. I bowled 289. I hung a 10 pin on the 11th. I picked it because I'm a good spare shooter. Uh, come on. Yeah. So that's my, uh, that's my easily. I don't know how to describe that. Um, that was a mix between Mitch Beasley and I'm trying to think of the person um, from a movie. Um, let's that's great. Let's uh let's go with uh let's go with this comment here from Billy Locke going way way back. Um, in St. Louis, uh, I bowled youth tournaments and I decided I would form my own group, um, and I called it Funky Fresh Productions. Did uh, you really? Yeah, which is a uh, it's a playoff of In Living Color, by the way. And I had these shirts made for just my my group of people, and. We showed up with these shirts with our names on the back and I had PPP right here. And I had all these kids, all my, all these peers come up to me and say, Hey, we would like to, uh, how do we get one of those shirts and how do we join your club? And I said, well, you, you got to fill out an application. Not Forrest Gump. Thank you, Adam Barta. Forrest Gump. You, that was a mix between Mitch Beasley and Forrest Gump. And I think you were on the side of Forrest. I had me about 15 Dr. Peppers. Now that's Lieutenant Dan. Um, but, uh, so I had this funky fresh, fresh productions and all these people wanted to be part of it. And I was such an asshole that I wouldn't let everybody just get a shirt and go to the place, tell them, Oh, this is where you get the shirt. May put your name on the back. You can join the club. Now, now that's the difference between me at age 16 to age 40. Now I would never do anything like that. Of course you want to join and be part of something I'm part of. Jeez. Of course. Yeah. Come on. The more the merrier. But back then I was quite the little ass. Um, but yeah, uh, Funky Fresh Productions. So then the, the kids that couldn't get in the Funky Fresh Productions created their own, the Crappy Carry Connection, the CCC. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, this went on. This was a big deal. This was a big deal back in the day. So, Andrew, what's that uh, What's that Japan uh, poster 
uh, I don't even know what that is. Tangin. So, um, long story short, I had my master's check on the wall behind me for the last couple of years. And oh boy. I glued it to the wall. Uh, not glued it. I, I used a double-sided tape. Um, and long story short, I, I have to fix something <laughs> behind that because of when I took the master's, uh, check off. Um, so I was looking for somebody to cover it and that was a gift to me from when Tommy and I went to Japan with Rich Hansen and did some, some ball stuff and, uh, uh, clinics and literally it's, it's literally the coolest thing. I mean, it uh, shows you a little bit of the coolest things in Japan all in one little uh, scroll. It's it's a scroll. You roll it up. I mean, it's the size of a – I mean, it's no it's not, no wider than a bowling pin. But you unscroll it, and then there it is. And it has this thing that you can it. So I'm using it uh, to cover a little bit maybe and using it as something in the background, like the whole white wall. I mean, I, I have uh, my Team USA jerseys like you have in the back in um, – glass cases yeah you did it like professional nice job i I just like put some thumbtacks on the wall and said good enough yeah so andrew i want i want to look i want to give you a chance to explain yourself on something here uh we know where you're going here yeah um you know you talked about going over uh to japan with tommy jones and there's this certain memory a certain story i've heard multiple times about uh you taking a trip over to to china to hong kong with uh uh, with Team USA, Chris Barnes, Tommy Jones, uh, Kyle Troop, EJ Buttruff, you guys all went, and you, you built this little sweeper event, and um, and you were trying to give maybe give some advice to some some teammates or something. Um, you know, yeah, like- I feel like I've explained this a few times on different social media platforms now. Uh, Barnes Barnes gave me the nickname Eileen for the rest of my life. And to be honest with you, like I've gotten to the point with it that I've, I've accepted it. You know, right. I, I've learned from it. Maybe I shouldn't have in that position, that situation, went as deep into Barnes as I might have. Um, but I looked for it was an opportunity and I took advantage of one. And then you don't get many opportunities when you're bowling with Hall of Famers to give a little back. And I gave a lot back in one short instance. And I don't give much back many times. Like I just I'm not. I feel like I'm a pretty smart individual, but for whatever reason, I'm not quick-witted. Like, Barnes gets me with, like, six things before I get him back with one. Like, and yeah. then every time I bring back one, I have to bring up his age. Like, that's all I got. <laughs> like, that's literally it. Um, but in that situation, he was struggling with bowling. Uh, I hit him with a training tip to one of the best bowlers of all time about versatility. And it backfired uh, because, yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with it. You know, it, it's fun. It's fun. I have the utmost respect for Barnes. Uh, I I love watching the guy. Uh, but he gave me the name Eileen, and I'm just going to roll with it. You know, I'm okay with it. I got a Barnes story that's kind of similar, right? So I, I was working for Storm, and uh, we had just signed Barnes with the global deal. And I was out at Woodland Bowl, and I was hanging out with Callahan. And, you know, I was kind of doing my, my – uh, managerial job you know director of uh, public relations uh staffer stuff like that and i was standing behind barnes pair and he wasn't uh he wasn't executing shots as well as i know chris executes shots i've watched the guy bowl forever right and there was something off 
in his swing. There was, there was just something off and he came back and he was talking about, if I remember correctly, something about how he thought he threw that one perfect and how he's throwing it so good or something like that. And he doesn't understand why he's not carrying. And, you know, he was like in like 15th or 16th place or something like that, you know, and had no chance of making a show at this point. And, um, I made the mistake like you, Andrew, of, of saying, dude, um, I was, I don't even remember what it was, but I said something about at the line, you don't look like yourself in your finishing position, something slightly off. I I'm just picking up on it. I know I was right. The problem was I didn't have the solution to fix what the hell I was talking about. And it was, he pulled out this ginormous make-believe sledgehammer and took one swing and like my entire, like down to my knees was into the ground. Then he took another swing and then I was down to the waist and then another swing. And all you could see is my neck barely hanging above the ground. And then he just gave me the biggest shellac in the world. And I came out the other side of the earth. Right now we never talked about it again, but I learned that day, Chris Barnes, Mark Baker, and maybe a couple other people are the only people that can talk about Chris Barnes game. And I wish I would have shared that story with you earlier, Andrew, over a dinner one night, and you wouldn't have made that mistake. So I'm going to take all the blame on this, that that's the reason why. And and Eileen, it comes from Eileen's bowling buddy, which are training aides, and you were being a training aide to Mr. Barnes that day. So here's the yeah. deal. People like that, Andrew, you know what? People like that, you know what? Screw it. You're not going to get any advice from me. You don't need any help. You're good. Yeah, where, where it honestly came from, guys, is like for the first – we're there for like 12 days together, right? And when you're around people enough, like like it's like you're around your brothers at home, right? Like after a few days, like it's awesome, like having a great time. After about 10 days, oh, you're yeah. like, man, I could use a day away from – like I could use a couple hours away. But we were together a lot, bowling together a lot. And honestly, it was hard to watch Barnes struggle that week. Like that was – that was arguably one of Barnes like hardest performances in his career. And I, I mean, it sucked. Like it sucked to be a part of, like I wanted him to bowl better. So throughout the week, I mean, I felt like I was one of his biggest hype guys. I was like, Barnes, you're going to, you're going to figure it out. You're going to have the nuts tomorrow. You're going to bowl great. Like I was doing a lot of that. And, um, it just, I finally caught him at a time where he was in a much better mood at the, uh, the other events because now worlds is over we're, we're a little bit past that now we're just doing some clinics together hanging out and then he he didn't bowl as bad he was bowling much better uh but he still wasn't bowling to barnes level and that was that was an opportunity so how about it. this i i think like instaprint makes free business cards you get up to like 50 free business cards okay Let, let's you and i split 50 free business cards that have okay. mark mark baker's telephone number on it and in the future, if you or I are concerned about Barnes, that he should be we doing a little bit him better the card. because we like him so much. Because we wouldn't, I'm, I don't think you would, if we didn't like him, we wouldn't give two shits about yeah. the guy, right? So right. since it's all backfired and everything, we'll just hand him Mark Baker's business card with a phone number on it in the future and just say, hey, man, here's Baker's card. Good luck. So pretty much what you're saying is every time we hand him a card, we're letting him know that we don't think we think something's wrong. Yeah. Basically. Like, hey, Barnes, how are you doing today? Here's a business card. Don't ask why. Well, yeah. Watching a bowl right now. Um, 
we've noticed that something's off. We don't know how to fix it, but we love you. So here's Mark Baker's card, and then you can get that figured out. Okay. Yeah. I, I personally would love to see how that would work out. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, look, uh, I'm, I'm one to stay stay away from making the same mistake twice. So I'm not know. making that mistake. <laughs> I've learned. I've learned my lesson, man. My guy gets me way too many times. So the one time I get to get him a year. Yeah. You know what I could do as well is if if somebody wants to go order like three or four hundred dollars worth of merchandise on the web, on the website today, we do three or four hundred dollars in sales. What I could do is I could get enough of these cards built that everybody that purchases from Inside Bowling, you get one of these free cards and with your order. And then when you're out at a PBA event, if you see Barnes, oh my god, then then we could have a lot of people helping them. Oh that would, my that god, would, that would be an, a way that we could really help him out. Um, in a way that he won't get angry about. You right? know what I think too is I think Baker would like this because Baker could turn this into an opportunity to get more lessons himself. That's true, and Barnes probably has a back, back, back end angle deal. Are we gonna put like a referral code on this business yeah, card now? We should. Yeah. And then he still won't buy meals or drinks for anyone. Oh my god. Yeah, that would work out well. Oh my god. I don't know want- if Barney's still watching, but if Barney's oh. watching, man. They've got the Beef and Barnsy show today Coming uh, up. at 3 o'clock or four, 3 o'clock Eastern, I think, 4 o'clock Eastern. Um, I'm going to make sure I tune in because I feel some Mike Flanagan digs coming Oh, he's away. probably preparing for the show. He's probably doing his show notes and everything, so he's not listening to this. And here's the other cool thing, right, Andrew, is I feel like you've been thrown under the bus on this so many times and you've gotten the shit into this stick that I'm joining forces with you today to fight this evil empire. This <laughs> evil empire? Well, I appreciate that. So I don't I don't feel like it's this huge evil empire. It's more play. it's more of this one it's this one entity. Because if you if you think about it, like listen to this. Listen to this. So Stu and Barnes have the show together. The first time that I have I ever heard about anybody finding out about that what had happened there, right? First off, the telephone game has been played ninety five times. I've heard so many different yeah. stories about this Eileen bowling buddy thing. It's insane. I mean a couple of them aren't even involving us in Hong Kong, which is exactly where it was. But besides the point, I get back to the States. I don't know where we're bowling. Um, we're bowling an event somewhere. One of the first people to say something to me was Stu. And Stu loved me for it. Stu was like, I am so, like, it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And then, you know, they join, they're, they're on the show together. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't get that same vibe from Stu that I got the first time. Oh, yeah. so we got a little Stu Williams talking out of both sides of his mouth here. Is he well, like crazy? I don't think he's talking out both sides of his it? mouth. I just don't think, I don't think he's ex- as excited now about it because it's been talked about that many times. It feels like. But. Show wars. Let's start show wars. No, I don't. I don't. We no show wars. We were three three shows ago. We're talking about collaboration, working together, growing the pie so everybody can succeed. And now you want to now you want to set up forts and shoot arrows at each other, Michael. I'm not about this. No, no, no. Just verbal, verbal only. That, that, no, no. We should be hyping them up. Go tune in to Beef and Barnes. You should. They, I do they, think they that greatest... all of these platforms are awesome. I've been lucky enough to be on most of these shows. I really appreciated it. I think they're a lot of fun. Like I'm all about the growing of them, but I think it's okay to have these conversations. Like, oh yeah, these well, are things. Flanagan's all about the drama. He's all about he's all about the stories and all about the 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 hype of. I don't well, even know what I'm you and I find here. I find that Mike and Stu are similar in some aspects, and some of those aspects are they find conflict amusing, and they find <laughs> different ways to use it. 
<laughs> Man, Andrew, I don't know if you've said anything anything truer than that right there. Like I mean, Flan, I I've known Flanagan for a while now, and you know we've had a lot of good times together, and all of those good times at some point have included conflict regarding either us or a, the situation that we're in, but he just loves it. I mean, he gets so much joy out of it. It's like a kid in a candy store when Flanagan finds these little opportunities to go down. It's like a gobstopper, man. You know, <laughs> they're just never ending. Yeah, I know. I know, no, man. But that's, uh, let's check him back in on this poll question here. We've got a couple minutes left. Uh, Survivor and Big Brother both tied at 33% so far um, on this inside bowling show poll, Andrew. So it's looking like people are, um, are, are looking for you to take part in something that requires a lot of strategy, a lot of gameplay here. Which one did you say they wanted me to do? Survivor and Big Brother. Okay, I'd be in. Listen, if if anybody on the stream wants to start a petition to get me on either one of those shows, I will gladly do it. I will take the months off of bowling that it would take to be a part of these shows, and I would do it. Well, I, 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 I'm all about it. Isn't Big Brother like a quarter of a million dollars, half a million dollars? Something, I have something no like clue. That. It's a lot but, of money. So but to be can... honest, like I, I do feel like I'm a pretty adventurous person. Like I like to believe that I'm going to try everything once in life. Flanagan has actually pushed me down that road as well and trying everything <laughs> once in life. Jeez. <laughs> but what I will say is there's not there's not much I wouldn't try. Like there's some oh. things I'm scared of. Like uh, jumping out of an airplane, I would be the guy that's up there like, okay, three, two, one, somebody push me. Like, but I would, once I'm out there, I'd enjoy it. Like we need to do all these, keep all these challenges going. We're talking about this wiffle ball game between Mike and Chad. Now we, now you're talking about jumping out of airplanes. Maybe we need to get a little skydiving edition going. I think that would we, be could, crazy. We, could, we could turn this into a, a channel of doing videos of uh, call it bowlers, not bowling. And it's just, it's just a challenge uh, channel where we take all these bowlers out of their natural environment. Similar to what Kimberly Pressler was doing with, you know, DJ taking up dancing and we just we just put an X factor spin on it and make people jump out of planes and um, you know play different sports that they're not nearly as good at. I think, I think it could work, fun. guys. I think it has. I think it has something there. I got a, a question for you, Andrew. Before we get out of here, um, Emily's been one of our biggest fans of our show, and she's asked a couple times re- regarding Twitch and you. You were doing some Twitch streaming. Um, you're not doing it as much anymore. Are you bringing that back, or what are you doing there? Yeah, so I will definitely stream Twitch again. Uh, I was streaming it a, a bunch at the beginning of COVID. Um, but what I found was is that uh, I got caught up in streaming, like streaming and playing video games a lot to a point where it's a little unhealthy, to be honest with you. I was, I mean, I streamed for like eight or nine hours in a row. And at the end of it, I wasn't even tired. Like it was time for bed. Uh, my nights went from going to bed at like midnight to like 5 a.m. And I just had to get out of that routine. I need a, I need to, when I do it again, make a better routine for it. Do it at like a couple hour instances at a good time. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of Darren Tang's stream. Uh, I think he does a great job with his following. And it's something I enjoy doing. But I'm more of a, I'm not really much of a homebody. I like to be gone and on the road. And to stream consistently and, and make sure that the followers get what they deserve. Because they are like, they are putting money towards it. Like they put money towards you streaming and watching you like talk and play video games and interact. And I just didn't feel like I was doing it justice to be honest with you. So until I feel like I can do it at the rate that is deserved, then I'll do it again. Okay. So it looks like, it looks like today on the beef and Barnsey show, um, today's guests are Stu and Chris only today. And they're oh basically ask us anything. And that oh show, that show starts in 24 minutes. So here's what I'm going to ask. 
would everyone that's watching this show in 24 minutes go over to the Beef and Barnsey show, okay? And just ask questions related to what we talked about here today. Ask uh, ask Chris things like, hey, if I ever see you bowling bad, um, how should I tell you that? Uh, ask him if 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 uh, if he would accept a Mark Baker uh, telephone number on a, on a business card, and if that would be okay. Um, take it easy on Andrew. Um, give him a break. Um, yeah, yeah, those sorts of things. Just uh, give him a hard time over there. And it, and then uh, you can also chime in on Stu and say things like. Uh, Stu, why are you all drama all the time? Why do you want to be like Mike Flanagan, the drama king, right? So today, just spam their chat. I'll go over and do it as well, and uh, that'll be that'll be the Beef and Barnsey show then today. And we're gonna we're gonna oh, and take it easy on Andrew. The Eileen thing is so worn out. It's so it's so 2019. Stop talking about it, right? <laughs> I think this is the deal. I think this is what we're, we're gonna have everybody do today. Yeah, Flanagan sent us. That's good too, because that's what they do on Twitter. That should right? be that should be the hashtag. Yeah, hashtag. After you say something, make sure that at the end of any shot that you you take, yep. Flanagan was behind it. Hashtag Flanagan sent us. Yep, that's it. And and I'll be over there. I'll be over there and active as well. Oh boy, this is this is this is taking a, an adventurous turn, my friends. Everything. This might be my favorite show we've ever done. Uh, by by far. All we really did was just sit there and just talk to each other. And um, obviously, Andrew's an awesome bowler, player of the year, and we we think the world of his talent. Um, that's for sure. We really didn't get into much of that, but we know he's an awesome bowler. We really wanted to talk about our friendship and and just just shoot the shit for a little while here today. And we really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I had a good time, guys. This is fun. It's nice to it's nice to get uh, people to understand that we're more than just bowlers. Sometimes, like these are things that we do, like outside of the bowling center. We're just like anybody else. We have a good time. We hang out. And, uh, you know, it's a good time all the time. Okay. Well, Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. We're going to let you get out of here and we're going to sign off on the show here. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later, brother. See y'all later. All right, Matt. We, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a pro shop show. We're going to get into the ins and outs of what's been happening in the pro shop industry with Lee Sant from Bowler X. We're going to talk to, uh, Drew Parkin from uh, Parkin's Bowling Supply and then Jeff Uzzery from uh, Total Bowling Gear. All three of them will be on the program tomorrow. We're going to talk about how Pro Shop's been affected during the pandemic, what they're doing, what they think about what manufacturers are doing. And uh, we're going to dive into that whole side of things and what people can do to help their Pro Shops and Bowling Centers um, come out of the pandemic and still be open for business and still have their businesses. So it should be a good show tomorrow. I enjoyed today. Any final thoughts from you, Matt? You know, Mike... You know me. I'm not. I'm not one for confrontation here. I'm not one for enemies. Um, and sure, man, I'm your right hand man when it comes to the inside bowling show. But I don't want no beef with Beef and Barnsey, man. Dude, <laughs> those two guys are far wittier than you and I combined. And I don't want to get into a, a duel of wits here with two guys that not only are witty but they don't hold back. Bro, bro, hold on a minute here, though. Um, I got to stick up for my my men, my guys, you and Andrew, because. Beef stew came off the top rope at you a couple weeks ago, man. On yeah, the show. yeah, yeah, he did, he did, and 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 you know he 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 apologized. Everything everything was everything was all cool. Everything's all good, and now you're just starting it back up. Oh, I'm opening up that can, man. Oh, and, uh, Here we go. There we go. I can't wait. I cannot wait. See, I have I have nothing to lose and everything to gain 
if Barnes and I do some sort of strike derby contest, see, he doesn't know. I'll have a guy in the back with a stick knocking <laughs> down those pins. I will win. He he has he has nothing to win or gain from this. Yeah, um, everything to lose. The mini golf thing, though, man. I, you not, kick your that, ass. That one, that you one, kick ah, your ass. I don't oh, care. Yeah. Just because you manage a bowling center doesn't mean you can be Barney at bowling. Same thing it, goes it, for mini golf. I'm just telling you right now. I think uh, I think I could take him. I think I could take him. Yeah. Well, I guess that remains to be seen. How did things go at Junior Gold when we played miniature golf, Matt? Uh, I would like to point it to the real golf experience that we had when we played junior golf, and also, uh, and also, in addition to the mini golf, uh, how did the how did the go kart racing go for you? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, you still, you like, still owe that kid an apology for no, no apologies. This is racing. If you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for watching the show. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And tomorrow, uh, we've got a good one, and then we'll be back on Friday with our final show. We'll be wrapping things up uh, for our first chapter of shows on Friday, so uh, you don't want to miss that. And we'll be back at our normal time. I'm not on the Sport of Bowling show this week, so we'll, our final show will be at one o'clock Eastern on Friday. So Matt won't. Forget about the show because it'll be the normal time. True. True that. Be in my groove. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.